0: You're listening to the USCA official podcast which takes you behind the scenes of eventing covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to the USCA official podcast and listeners we have got a mid-season review for you. When I say mid-season, it feels like sort of two-thirds of the way through the season, actually, because I, I feel like we blinked and fast forward five, six months, and all of a sudden we're in the middle of August, and um the kind of the autumn five stars are on the horizon, and then 2023 is gonna be rolling into 2024 and Paris is going to be the one we're all talking about. Uh so what we thought we'd do is it was a good chance to kind of take stock, look back on some of the key moments of the year so far and actually you know, there I am saying, actually, we're, we're well through the season. We still have got a whole bunch to look forward to. We've got the AECs, we've got Burley, we've got Maryland, Five Star. And of course, listeners, do not forget Pan American Games coming your way in the next couple of months as well. Um, First of all, I will say hello to Rob Burke. Rob, how are you?
1: I'm good, but the listeners should know I showed up late today, so I get a tardy, a tardy card. But... Uh... It means that the real professionals on this podcast were able to prepare adequately.
0: To be fair, Rob, I wasn't going to throw you under the bus like that. <laughs> um, but fair play. You admitted it. Fair play. It was fine. Lou and I had a jolly good chat about eventing in general, put the world to rights, uh, and you are duly forgiven. We're going to find out why you were late a little bit later on. We'll talk about that in a bit more detail. Um, Lou Leslie, president yes, of USCH, also with me. Um, Lou, it is very good to have you with us. And actually, You are delighted to have some entertainment in your life at this very moment. I am.
2: You know, I'm sitting here in isolation. I tested positive for COVID uh, five days ago, still testing positive. So I'm stuck at home and I'm looking forward to this
0: podcast. You said the voice was disappearing, but it sounds like it's holding up pretty well. So um, we're we're all set, listeners. Now, let's reflect on the last few months because we have had an action-packed Spring campaign. We've had, of course, we we had Adelaide, Kentucky, and Badminton three weeks back to back. Which I think most people probably needed to go and lie down in a darkened room and recover somewhere after that amount of eventing kind of roller coaster life. Um, I feel like there is no uh, nowhere else we can start on this show without coming up on the fact that Tammy Smith, the first U.S. winner of Kentucky. In 15 years. And the first female winner of Kentucky since Mary King in, God, like 2011, I think. Mm. So just incredible all-round. Take us back to Kentucky Week, Rob, because there was so much expectation and so much pressure that this year was going to be the year.
1: Uh, really, it was. You know, I feel like we've been saying that for the last two years, though. But this year, I think we felt especially strong coming into it. Um, Tammy, for sure. Uh, Liz. I mean, I, I feel and you saw it with the the World Games team. You know, I, I feel like we have such a good concentration of upper level athletes and horses right now that, you know, it's just will the day go our way? Uh, will the weekend go our way? And honestly, I don't know if it could have gotten a whole lot better for for team us usa at kentucky and one of my favorite moments was um after after it all finished and and tammy was in the awards and she she ran up to me and i and i i probably got a little over rambunctious and i gave her a bear hug and lift her up off the ground and this is, you know it's it felt kind of cathartic at the end of the day
0: It felt like a bit of an outpouring of emotion. I mean, I was crying for for a Tammy win and it's very rare, listeners, that I don't back a Brit. But actually, Kentucky weekend, I was firmly, firmly flying the U.S. flag um, because it felt like an outpouring of emotion. It felt like, you know, so many things have kind of gone on the last few years and Tammy's been close before. And actually, all of a sudden, everything you do need things to go your way in eventing and everything did fall into place. And it was just brilliant, um, Luke. Not only was it a Tammy win, but also it was a West Coast eventing win, which is extra special for you. Oh, extra special because uh, out here, the West Coast eventing is so
2: much different than the East Coast eventing, and it's just as good, but it's a little bit more dynamic. And it's we have our challenges and struggles out here on the West Coast. So to have a, a Tammy win and just a clear win and just it was incredible there like Rob was saying there was so much emotion and you were saying so much emotion involved in it and it's goals achieved and yeah dreams (laughs) dreams achieved.
0: Do you have a moment from Kentucky Lou that stands out for you?
2: Yeah the whole thing does and just there was a whole sense of lightness and excitement the whole arena was just um effervescent of U.S. achieving such our goals <laughs> and achieving the
1: greatness of a Kentucky win. One cool thing, one really cool thing I wanted to point out, Lou has, has been a champion and really a leader for the um, Becky Broussard grants uh, through Rebecca farm. And Tammy is kind of one of our success stories from, from that program. And she's a big champion of it. And just to, to have Lou, Lou who had done so much to support Tammy and the program for her to get there. I mean, that was pretty, pretty cool as well. Uh,
0: Lou, Lou was looking very bashful then for taking yeah. the compliment, take the Compliment because it is um, it, it is one of those moments that actually you, you see things come through and we're going to talk about another one a little bit later on with the emerging athletes coming over to Stragom to the nation's cup in Europe that actually, you know, those, those things, those pathways can feel really long and, Actually, it might take a few years for the results to start to show and, and for the you really to see the the dividends of, of kind of the hard work, the effort, the sacrifice and, and the, the financial contribution that has been put forward to be able to make these things happen. And actually, I think it's important that you take a moment and kind of go, actually, this is a real success story and we can kind of go, it, it works. And this is why we do it. And this is why we're looking so far into the future. Um, the other thing for me that stood out at Kentucky this year is I think last year, It felt very much about getting the show back on the road. You know, we'd missed it during COVID and there was just this overwhelming sense of relief to be back up and running. And that didn't take away from the competition as such, but there was a degree of expectation. There was a degree of uncertainty. Everybody just felt a little bit less confident in, um, I guess, trusting what was going to happen. We've become so used to, to coming on to plan B, C, D, E, zed over the last couple of years that we almost didn't believe it until it happened and actually this year there was that more kind of relaxed sense of relief going into the event
1: yeah for sure it's been so odd and stunted uh this everything's been so stunted just trying to return back to normal and while I think we came back to it a lot quicker than many around the world it it, um you know it, it was definitely a different feeling three years ago in Kentucky than it was this year and I could say that for just about every event we've gone to. So, going back to your British support, you know, I'd say Tom McEwen put in a, a pretty stellar showing. You know, I felt bad for Yaz, but you know, it, we all have have a one-off day at least uh, every once in a while. But, gosh, you know,
0: <laughs> it's,
1: I'm kind of still giddy. What can
0: you say? It was really, really cool. And I have to say, Rob, we cannot talk about Kentucky without talking about Mixed Master C, which was a horse listeners. That if you've, if you've been a long term listener of the USCA podcast, you would have heard Rob putting Mixed Master C up um, for the last few years. And you have been long term supporter. Of him, Rob. Um, and now with Liz Hadley sharp But he was brilliant, actually. He was my standout performance. He was kind of the breakthrough for me from the week at Kentucky. He finished third on the podium. He was super quick cross-country. He just kept galloping. And actually, he he put in a really classy show jumping around as well. And it's exciting, I think, to see Liz with another one at the very, very top. She's got a lot of young horses coming through that have kind of made real marks at, at the young horse classes. And then obviously De Niro Z at the very top level, but actually having another string to her bow, I think is a big, big weapon to add to the US team's armory going into next year.
1: Yeah, I listened to the ratings post show after the event, and I think Dee said something to the effect of, it was a bit silly the way Rob was supporting Mix-Mex or C going back like five years
0: ago or something. And you, time- you're a talent spotter, Rob. You're a talent spotter. That's what it is. Can you give us the next big thing, um, please? We're going to come back to you on the next show. Who do we need to be looking out for in five years' time? But it's, it's true, actually. And it, he, he absolutely stepped up to the top level and delivered and proved himself to be a proper five-star horse. Going on from Kentucky, we had... Two great completions at badminton for Catherine Coleman and Lillian Hurt. Um, it was a light badminton on the US front because a, a lot of the riders stayed over for Kentucky, which gave us a brilliantly competitive Kentucky. But then also we saw a good number actually heading out to Lemoulin Boyd Martin, just a word on him because actually he has long been an absolute anchor at the very, very top of the sport. He's had four different horses at five-star level this year. He's been top 25 on them all. He had Contessa, a first-time five-star horse, at Kentucky alongside Setzleg. But then he had two inside the top eight at Lemoulin in Federman B and Luke 140, which felt like actually a turning point for him as well. Because long for the US team, you know, Boyd and Phillip would have been the first two names on the team sheet. Um, and actually, they you know, they've got so much competition for places that they need to be delivering really, really strong performances. And it feels to me like actually Boyd is building a very, very, very good string with lots of strength and depth.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And, I t- you know, it's funny because for our, our national leaderboard, um, we do we account for the FEI placings as well, even overseas. You know, coming into that, I was thinking, well, you know what, Tammy and Liz, it's going to be a it's going to be a battle down to the finish of the year. Um, We're going to see another um, uh, female winner of our of our rider of the year. And won't this be wonderful? And then here's Boyd, of course. You know, he's (laughs) and last year barely eked it out against Tammy and Will Coleman. And nope, there he is back on top, you know, like you said.
0: I have to admit, so I am quite excited, listeners, because we have got the Defender Burley Horse Trials, big five star over here in the UK. Um, the end of August, same weekend I think as the AECs. Um, and Boyd is coming over, and he's bringing Setzeleg, which is really cool in itself. But he's bringing On Q. I I think I did a little jig actually when I saw On Cue, the Maryland five star winner, on the Burley entry list. Were you shocked, Lou? Did you did, did you see that one coming? I was. Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> And I, was I thought so she would go back to Maryland, if I'm honest. I thought she'd be back to Maryland this, this fall. I do too. But to have
2: um going overseas, um it's great for the horse. So British gets to
0: see, yeah, we're we're coming. I think the Brits are quite excited that Boyd is coming over. Uh, there'll probably be a cue if he gets like does didn't he get in the ice bath on a stand after his cross country round at Kentucky? He
1: did. Yeah. The guy I mean he's the, they've really kind of mastered. He's mastered his own marketing. I mean, the guy is like on every cover of everything I look at, and um, just I mean, he's great for the sport because he's so fun and he's he's so good for the next generation to to look at. But um, yeah, here he comes, poster boy of US eventing, coming to town,
0: coming to coming to Stanford, Lincolnshire. Um, I have to admit, I um, I think eventing needs more. More people like Boyd Martin. I'm not. I, th- I think they broke the mold when they made Boyd. I don't know how many of them we could we could have, but we do need big characters. We need people to really kind of showcase the sport, and he absolutely does that. Um, really looking forward to to seeing him bring those two over for Burley, but also I'm sure he'll he'll go to Maryland with a few as well. We might even see him at Poe back end of the year. He could be on for a real world number one campaign, actually, especially if he picks up points late in the season because tim price who is the current fei world number one is going to lose points late in the season because his his kind of it's done on a a six best scores in a rolling 12 month calendar year um tim price is very very heavy september october because he had his burley points his world championship points buccalo points and maryland points all within two months so he's going to be hard push to stay on top um ros is is probably the most likely person to be challenging but actually boyd martin could be the first us world number one in quite some time um watch this space there okay let's talk about a couple of other events because there was a bit of a european tour that went on um and i think is a really kind of important topical one in so much as we mentioned about the the grants that are available and kind of the investment that has gone into really producing horse and riders for the future and not only did we see a good number coming over to Lemoulin but we also saw a number of riders from the Emerging Athlete Programme head to Stragon, which was super exciting. They took the the Team silver behind a very strong Dutch team in the Nations Cup there and also Caroline Martin finished second individually with HSH Blake, and not Caroline Martin anymore, Caroline Pamucicu, still training myself listeners on that one. Um, But they were brilliant there. And then they went on actually to Arken to support their teammates, who absolutely, when we saw the US team come out for Arken, Bobby Costello had absolutely saved nothing back. He was pulling all of his punches. And it was a US team that that felt like it really meant business there would have been a lot of pressure actually going into Arken off the back of Protoni Rob to actually you know they had such a good result in Protoni the team silver pretty damn close to the team gold that they actually really did need to come out to Arken and deliver and I think safe to say they did three of their riders finishing inside the top six um it was it was a very very good week for us venting
1: I think they tell you too that they left a lot of points on the table as well. For, for the, from their perspective, there's improvement to be made. You know, I mean, it's that's where it's so exciting for, to be in the U.S. again. I mean, it feels like we're talking about the exact opposite side of things. Uh, go back a few years back, go to the the previous WAG before uh, the American WAG. You know, we we were in the the doldrums, and and I remember Sam Sam kind of picking me up a little bit and saying, "Look." From a statistical standpoint, Ireland was bare, barely, you know, it was kind of hit or miss, whether it would be U.S. or uh, or Ireland or some other team up there on the podium and um, going back to try And and so, no, I mean, it was fantastic to go on that stage to be competitive when we needed to be, you know, we were kind of going in to say, look, we don't have Europeans. We're not we're not in the European championship. So. For us, this really is our our equivalent in a way, and um, to deliver. And the Stregum team—I mean, I felt like we were kind of ignoring them a little bit. And then, lo and behold, they put in a fantastic performance. And what a great learning opportunity! Like I know I heard about teammates like Andrew and and Carolyn and others, and the others that they, they all kind of um, were just absorbing everything they could educationally from from Aachen when they were um there on the ground
0: so it was interesting actually um for for Stragom Caroline Martin had taken HSH Blake who was not overly experienced I think had done maybe one advanced or something over to Stragom and, and it was a proper track you know it was a really really good tough track and and I think they were a little bit surprised by how meaty it was I think it was it was a learning experience um and I imagine then going on to Arken a week or so later Wetted their appetite to actually be breaking into kind of the, the really established combinations to be back at Arkan in the future. Um, Lou, Arcon felt like an emotional roller coaster from start to finish. I was on commentary Absolutely. duties, and and I still looking back on it, feel like I need a stiff drink. It was everything in my mind that eventing should showcase there were thrills, there were spills, there I mean, I think five of the last six horses in reverse order cross-country faltered. You know, it was an absolute um minefield of kind of mental maths and every single time penalty affected not only the individual standing but the team leaderboard. Just kind of encapsulate for you, you're enormously passionate about the amateur sport. Eventing as a whole, events like that we need sure. to grab them with both hands. And actually, you know, that's the thing that ultimately brings new people in. How important is that for eventing?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's it's the best PR tool that we have for developing our sport. And that's why it's always important that we stay on that international stage and get there. And I think that was the most exciting thing about the young team going over there and doing so well what this was an indicator of is that we're developing the depth and strength of Team USA and have them to go learn from that actual experience on a tough track and then go to Aachen and sit there and watch and participate with Team USA. Um, Those are the fine details that we're doing and for an adult amateur um, the enthusiast of the sport that's really exciting to sit there and watch and you see the competition level and you watch that and you go, Oh, look, I, I can do that. I can learn how to do that. Um, But also what it's doing is it's great sport. There's a lot that can be applied to what I do at home to be that better eventer watching on the TV. I'm always learning or watching all these international um, podcasts. That's what I'm learning is seeing what I can apply to the backyard
0: It's really interesting that you say that because people quite often, they underestimate how much they can learn watching other events because it's a different level to where they're at. And actually, the biggest thing I would say, listen, is go and watch, whether it's a a Nations Cup, whether it is on Horse and Country, whether it's, you know, whatever, my horse, whatever platform you choose, um, don't any of us come and shoot me that I've not mentioned you. But um, you can learn so much. The biggest thing I would say having watched a lot of dressage this year. Learn your test. Learn what markers you're meant to be doing stuff at. Learn how many steps of certain things you're meant to be doing because you would be surprised and probably quite humbled listeners to realize that actually at that top level, plenty of riders have, you know, they do leak marks. And it's so obvious when you sit and look at it and it actually, you know, we do that at home as well. So watch, look, everybody's human and you can learn so much. Yeah, Rob. Rob, Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob. Rob's looking very nervous because he's preparing for his, his next competition. And he's thinking, shoot, have I learned my test properly? Where am I meant to be doing stuff? <laughs> Nicole, They're going to send Nicole the video and she's going to commentate on it. And then she's going to send it back to me. And it'd be great. we should do that, actually, Rob. That would be great. I, I, I be think classic.
1: so. That would be classic. I just want to be able to Photoshop it a little bit, to f- Photoshop off my belly. Well, I'm. <laughs> but no, I, I yeah, I know that's as I'm preparing for my big uh, return to the competition arena this Sunday, 17 years since the last competition. I will say that um, one of the main things people keep telling me is you know, you're not young anymore, you're middle aged, and <laughs> your memory isn't as good. So, as you, the biggest fear you should have is that you're going to forget your dressage tests. And I keep saying, I never had a problem remembering massage tests. I'll be fine. So I'm in deep trouble. I know I
0: am. Let's talk about your return to eventing, Rob. Because on the the season preview show where we had you both on, we were looking forward to, to things to look out for this year. Lou, your one to watch was actually Rob Burke. And (laughs) your horse, because your horse is over there on the East Coast because you want to be able to come over and enjoy and experience East Coast eventing and get a real flavor for U.S. eventing throughout the whole country. Um, And Rob is your very capable stable jockey. Set the scene for the listeners. Go ahead, Rob. Set the scene. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I feel like I was
1: scammed into this. I'm going to start out because so Lou Leslie was... Entered to, to ride at Fairhill, the, the site of the Maryland Five Star, at Fairhill this upcoming weekend. And lo and behold, she caught, and I say in quotation marks, caught COVID so that she can't <laughs> eat. And so now all of a sudden I am, I get the ride. And um, yeah, I, as I've said, if I'm too out of shape on cross country, I might retire And I'm just warning everybody that it has nothing to do with the jumps or the fear because there's no fear. And actually, that's probably a problem. I need more fear. But um, yeah, it's it's sheer out of shape. That's all it is.
0: Don't do yourself a disservice, Rob. I'm actually going to say, though, that it is, we've just been talking about the very, very top level of the sport. And equally, we're also showcasing that somebody who is, um, you know, been out of the competition circuit for not far off twenty years, not to rub any salt into the wounds there, is is, you know, heading back into the competition market. And actually I think that is inspirational. And I think there'll be plenty of people cheering you on this weekend.
1: I think so. Actually it's quite an honor and Lou Lou to like bless us with this saint of a horse of hers. He's a little lazy, but I can be a little lazy too. So between the two of us, as long as we keep each other moving. Um, I think we'll be in good shape, and I think we are going to have a pretty large uh, fan base. And I think we'll we'll get to uh, when this podcast airs, people can go back and look at the results and and you know, <laughs> my ending score was, and hopefully it's not too pathetic. I am writing HC because I have an ethical I have an ethical dilemma in my own head about uh, placing against our members, but because uh, I you know I'm so good, I don't want to beat them all.
0: I feel really bad that Lou and I both laughed um <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean it quite so offensively um you uh, Lou how, how are you feeling about being an owner and kind of getting another another different experience
2: this is the first time that I've I've sat back and I've let somebody ride my horse like this. to own a horse <laughs> and have a, an esteemed a jockey out there um, taking off. And I just, you know, I feel like the guy at the racetrack that's sitting there now. You know, when you go around that quarter post, be careful. This is what he's going to do. And I keep telling Rob, Rob, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get there. And... You're going to get to that stop box. He's going to know exactly where he's at. And he is going to squeal like a little girl and go fucking out of the start box. And uh, you just need to hang on for the ride. I'm looking um, forward
1: to this, that part.
2: I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Oak Souvenir, is, he's a fun, fun horse. He's excited about his job. He knows how to do it. He can, he can crack on a good dressage test as long as you sit there and tell him where to do his marks. No
0: pressure, Rob. Um, Rob. Rob is looking literally like he, he could run away um, if we keep piling the pressure on. Can I um, ask, American Eventing Championships 2024? Oh, because when well, we joked about this on the show. I mean, but then you would, if you're, if you're still with your ethical kind of concern, you would be, again, competing HC. I don't even know if that's allowed. We said we'd rewrite the rule book, but uh, yeah. that's probably frowned upon too. Um, is that a very real dream?
1: I mean, who knows? You never know. I mean, the only hard part is I have to work at a lot of these things. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just go and, I mean, it is it could be work to ride as well, yeah. But, um, you know, as long as I'm doing my job, you know, who knows? I guess it's always possible I could take the weekend off to come compete at the AECs and, or AEC, and it it runs, I think, beginner-novice, maybe I'll... I'll go beginner novice because it runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and maybe that would work out better. But who knows? And maybe maybe I could do the practice test for the dressage judges or something.
0: That would be pretty cool. Always thinking, that listeners, awesome. about the, great, the greater good of U.S. eventing. Um, okay, let's just pick up on a couple of our other sort of things that we we predicted. Um, so five-star winners. I actually said Tammy and my bomb, so I'm feeling very smug with myself. Rob, you yep. said Will Coleman um and but you didn't specify and you did sort of lean towards the back end of the season so that's still very much alive and kicking Lou you actually said Tammy Smith and my Barn would win Kentucky but then also that Coleman so, wins Maryland so mm-hmm. you're still well in the game here yeah
2: not not bad for an amateur huh
0: There we go. I think very impressive. Very impressive. Let's look forward to the second half of the season because we we have still got lots to look forward to. We've got the American Eventing Championships. The the preview show listeners is going to be the next show out on the OSEA podcast. So stay tuned for that. We've got Burley. We've got Maryland. We've got the Pan Ams. The convention is going to be coming up pretty quickly as well. Um, What are you most looking forward to, Lou? Uh, Everything, everything eventing. Uh,
2: (laughs) I'm looking forward to going to the AECs and then I'm looking forward to being at Maryland. Um, So and also going to another show with Rob and cheering him on.
1: Yeah, that's I'd say I'll break this into parts. I'm excited to see Lou come out and compete on the Eastern (laughs) Seaboard in areas one, two and three and and others on the way home eventually. Um, and potentially the AEC next year. Yeah, I, I absolutely, the AEC is one of my favorite things to go to. So I cannot wait for that. I actually also, I, I think it is that whole developmental pipeline. I love the young horse championships and that's like, and for me this year, I think it's ours, uh, our East coast final at the Maryland five stars running at the same time as Lyon, And so I think we get to watch Lyon on TV while we're watching our young horses in person and, And so for me, that's like, that's about as good as it gets. Um, And then, you know, just, just continuing to enjoy the ride. That's kind of my, my mantra these days.
0: I think that's a very good mantra to be fair. Um, I have to admit, I've got two things. One, I'm excited very much for, for Burley because in the same way as Maryland is literally on your doorstep, Rob, Burley is pretty much on mine. And it's kind of the best of both worlds. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing a brilliant British contingent, but also there is some really cool combinations coming over from America. And I'm, I think, Mama's Magic Way, big fan of of that horse with bull forgery. Boyd's obviously bringing a couple over as well. I'm hoping, listeners, entries are still wide open. I'm hoping there might be another few sneaky additions to the entry list. Anybody have any inside intel they might share? We won't hold you to it. It's only between us and the listeners. Just me, you, and a few thousand other people.
1: I was um, I was actually in the car with um, one of one of the owners. of, Actually, I shouldn't. I should be very cagey on it. But one of the American horse owners who was who kind of uh, feeling very confident going into to Burley. So we'll see what happens. Ooh. But so I'm not going to give any more than that. After oh, the fact, you I can't tease
0: us like that. You can't tease us like that. That's cruel. Cruellest. No,
1: I. I'm, um, I I hope we're, I hope we, at Big Bad Burley, I hope we put in a big showing and, um, I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that it goes well. We'll see.
0: Watch this space. Watch this space. He's so cagey listeners. He's got a, obviously a really good secret to tell, and he's not sharing it. He's very well behaved. Um, I have to admit, my other my other thing that I'm really looking forward to is the Pan American Games, because it is a very different feeling to this time four years ago when the Olympic ticket was still on the line. That is done. That is dusted. That is in the bag. The Paris ticket is sorted, which means that actually I think we will see some younger names on the team sheet, some younger horses on the team sheet. And I predict a new star emerging out of the Pan American Games at the end of this year. I think we're going to see something really exciting happen. And I think there will be pressure on the US team going into the Pan American Games, but actually I feel like it's, it's a really kind of nice opportunity for a new star to be born. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. And we got to, we got to see uh, Rebecca Farm was I think the last selection trial for, um, for Team USA headed to, to Pan Am. So I think we got to see some really talented potential pairs and we'll see what yeah. happens.
2: Yeah, it just goes to developing the depth of Team USA. And that's really exciting. We haven't been in this position before that we can develop the depth of our team.
0: It's getting very deep, actually. It's quite ocean-like yeah. at the moment. If I'm honest, the horses that finished in the top 10 at the 7-year-olds at Le Leon last year are all going to be, what, about 13 by or uh, 12? Twelve by LA, something Hello. like that. That you know, they're prime LA horses. Um, and there were a lot of very good US performances in the Leon last year. So. Exciting times ahead. Um, Rob, Lou, thank you both so, so much. It has been a pleasure to have you on the show as always. Very much looking forward to to how the second half of the season plays out. And we'll get you both back on, I'm sure, very, very soon. Um, but in the meantime, Rob, good luck on Sunday. When this show goes out, uh, it will be done and dusted. So I hope you enjoy it. Don't forget your dressage test and uh, you will smash it.
1: I just need to make sure all my clothes fit, but uh, I think I'm... <laughs> thank you for the support and thank you nicole
0: for you'll be great Uh, listeners i hope you've enjoyed this a lovely catch up looking back on the best bits of the season so far what we've got to come as well so much to look forward to Uh, we'll be back Uh, next show is an american eventing championships preview so keep your ears peeled for that one it will be upon us before we know it but for now thanks for tuning in Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing. And don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.